Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we talk with people living between the lines. Uh, Living between the lines. Standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Tonight is our very first live show to talk with our guests and you about what's going on across the nation. If you're just tuning in, if you want to speak, the number to call is 563-999-3751. Tonight's episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace, Counseling, and Holistic Healing Services. Beginning with the Women's March held in our nation's capital on January 21st, across the nation and in every continent, there were protests against the election results. We'll call him number 45. President 45, people came out um, in droves in Washington, D.C., in every major city. Following that, there was an executive order that on immigration, and again, we saw people come out in droves all across the country. There were bodega owners in New York who came out in protest, shut down their doors to talk about it. Cab drivers. I mean, you name it, we've seen it almost every day. There's issues about the Dakota Access Pipeline. So you see people are coming, 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 and standing forward and saying, you know, not us. This is our country. This is not how we live. Tonight we want to talk about how do we keep our voices heard and stand up for what we hold dear for our families and communities. We will have, uh, hopefully, a few uh, special guests who are going to talk about their experience, some as organizers, some as speakers, um, some are just marchers, some who are taking the next steps. But most importantly, we want you to join in and that maybe we can respirit, fire one another, and come up with some like concrete actions for the next steps. Maybe we can look at how do, where do we go? What do we do? This is really an important time when our voices should not be quieted. Okay. While we're waiting for um, one of our guests to come, I'm going to take a call from the 248 area code, and your last four numbers are 3990. Hello. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. Hey, Michelle. How are you doing this evening? Hi. And who do we have a pleasure of speaking with? This is Ajetta Brown calling. Okay. And so what are your thoughts and, and where did you participate and what are your thoughts and about what you saw? Okay. Well, I participated in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, uh, you know, I, I really don't have that much to say, but as a black woman, really very much on the transgender spectrum, and will soon be eligible for Medicare, <laughs> I am smack dab in the middle 
of everything that is in jeopardy. But, you know, I really didn't march for me. Um, My passion is for people, people who are elderly, sick, often poor and marginalized, you know, who are also along the LGBTQ LGBTQ spectrum. And, you know, um, like everyone else, you know, I'm, I'm not just one thing. I'm not just a black woman. I'm not just a lesbian. I'm not just a psychotherapist or a healer. I'm not just my mother's daughter. But I bring all of me to what I do and to this experience of life. So, you know, I'm very concerned about this political climate and, and, and what this regime's intentions are in terms of it appears that they want to turn back the clock on equality. So, you know, because I am so committed to diversity and inclusion and equality, and, and also because it's important for everyone to understand that women's rights are human rights. I, I guess, you know, that's why I marched. <clears throat> um, and, and it was such an exhilarating feeling you know, to add my energy and my voice to the coalition of marchers. We were all, it felt like we were all representing the rights and voices of progressive people around the world. It was inspiring to see you, you know, um, my sweetheart and women from all walks of life speak passionately about human rights and the fact that all lives matter. Wow, I guess I had more to say than I thought I did. (laughs) It was just great to be there. In full disclosure, Ojeda, you are the executive director of a Center for Peace, Counseling, and Holistic Healing. And since I know know that you deal with people who are under stress, since the election, have you felt that as you go out to talk to people that they are a little tense, disturbed by that? Yes, yes. Yes, people are very fearful. People are very fearful regarding what's going on, and a lot of people were very apathetic, and they didn't go to the to the to the polls to vote, and and most of them, all of them actually, are regretting that, you know, um, and so yes, I am definitely seeing um, a lot of fear, but people are also being encouraged by what they're seeing in terms of this outpouring. Of, of people coming out to express the importance of human rights. You know, I mean, it, it, right now, it, it was really, it, well, going back to the march, it was really thrilling to be in that energy and to talk to people of all ages, you know, and, and as you did, and ethnicities and orientations uh, about their fears and their hopes and aspirations for this country's future. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing as I'm talking to people. They start off talking about their fears, but they end up talking about their hopes and aspirations for the future. And most of them are encouraged by what they're seeing. Ojeda, I want to thank you for supporting Collections by Michelle Braun and being our very first caller here on our first live show. Okay, and I'm your. I hope you will continue to listen. I'm going to go to another caller who is from area code 803. And their last four digits are one eight three eight. Hello. Hello. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi. And I'm thinking, I'm, is this Connie? 
Yeah, I'm Connie Piper. How are you? <laughs> okay. Hi, Connie. How are you? Um, I'm great. Connie, where, where can you tell people where you're at and how you participated? Um, I am in Columbia, South Carolina, and um, you know this is like home for me. Um, I participated in the um, Women's March on January 21st um, here at our capital in uh, in Columbia. And um, I, I like Ojeda, the the previous caller. I I I feel I don't have much to say, but I do feel that it was women, men, children of all ages, um, all races. We came together, unified as one people, um, to voice our concerns. And, and and that's what I like to say that it is. It's it's a concern for for where our country is going. It, 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 I know for me, it's not it's not the fact that you know I'm mad because I'm not mad. I'm just concerned that things have been changing so rapidly um, over the last what two three weeks. I am. Like, what's going to happen in 100 days? What is this country going to look like in 100 days? And where are we going to be in four years? So um, I marched because it wasn't so much, you know, like for me either. It was for those people who couldn't get out and march. It was for, you know, my mom, who's 83, who's um, upset about what's going on. And, you know, I look at I look at my life and I said, wow, I've lived through you know, um, 11 presidents, and, and now this is my 12th one. And um, I've never seen anything in my lifetime that has been, I, I can't even think of the words to say, but um, I marched for them. I marched for those people who couldn't get up. I marched for the Muslims who um, who who could not be present. I marched for the LGBTQ community, which I'm a part of. I marched for... Um, the children that are artistic. I marched for all women and people of color. I even marched for the Native Americans. So um, just just want to do my part, just want to try to be heard. And the only way we can have change or get change is we have to continue to strive and struggle for that change. And that's taking it to the streets in a peaceful manner. Mm-hmm. Just continue mm-hmm. to march, continue to be seen because we can't stop. You know, civil rights movement, we didn't stop. The LGBTQ community, we kept marching, we kept marching, we didn't stop until we were able to, you know, be able to marry our partners and, and be proud of that. But, um, you know, we just we just can't stop. We have to still keep marching because the struggle have- is not over. It's just beginning. Do you have any idea how many people were there in Columbia? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, let me just be honest. There was a little bit of a confusion because the weather here, we have very nice weather here in South Carolina um, mm-hmm. at times, but um, that particular day it was supposed to storm. And um, and we do have a lot of thunderstorms here when the weather starts to warm up. And December and January was one of those warm months for us. And um, they moved it inside of an auditorium 
so we were kind of split. There were probably mm. at the auditorium, there were probably maybe, I'm going to say maybe two or 3,000 people there and um, maybe about the same or so um, at the Capitol. Um, mm-hmm. So roughly I'm going to say maybe anywhere from seven to 10, 7,000 people maybe that attended. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in on our first show, our first live show. Oh, wow. This is awesome. I'll continue to listen. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. I'm going to bring in one of our guests, but I'm also going to take a call. So, Maria, are you there? I am. Okay. Can you hold on just a minute? I want to take somebody who's been on hold. Yeah. So hold on just a second. Oh, for sure. For sure. No problem. Hello, I'm. This is for two four eight area code last two six eight eight. And who are we speaking to? This is Michelle. Michelle, how you doing? Hey, Michelle, how are you? Welcome to the show, our first call-in show. So, what are your thoughts, um, Michelle, on the women's march and everything that's been going on since then? I love the way the progressive movement is going. It's about time that we stood up and marched. I was really energized. I was not on I was unable to go to the marches here in Detroit. Okay, due to illness. But I was watching it on T V all day and I was just like totally energized on all these people and how it is carrying on right now, uh, this week with what was going on with the confirmations and uh, at the college campuses and the airports. So it's the energy is still going on, and I would love to see it to continue. And I'm just amazed at how many marches there were around the country and the amount of people that just stood up for what they believe in, no matter what the cause was, whether it's LGBTQ like myself or autistic, someone else mentioned, or the Muslims or persons of color. It's what this country is made of, it's a melting pot. And that's what these marches were. It's a melting pot of American citizens, uh, all Americans in this country. It's just totally amazing, Michelle. Well, Michelle, thank you. Thank you for calling. And I know I'll be hearing from you as we go forward in the year. But... um Thanks for calling in, and I'm going to put you on hold. I hope you'll stay on and listen, and we're going to yep. go to – thank you. Well, I'm going to go back to my guest. Maria? Well, I have to tell can people, you know. Can you hear me? Know, yes, I can. Can you hear me okay? Okay, good. I can. Right. Yeah. Okay. After the march in Ann Arbor, I received a message from you. And it was, like, so inspiring. You were there. You had your seven-year-old daughter 
who, I mean, is like an uh, amazing future activist. She had made her sign, and she was there. And, you know, and I want you to take us through you being that day. I'm sure that, you know, not knowing how it was going to go down, but to bring your seven-year-old right. to, you didn't know if it was going to be five or 5,000. It turned out to be closer to 11,000 people. Um, right. Why? What brought you there, and, and why did you feel it was important for her to be there with you? Well, I am from Ann Arbor. I worked at Planned Parenthood for, oh, I don't know, four to six years in two different states. And I know the culture of the people who surround that uh, organization, and I knew what kind of people would be down in Ann Arbor. I had actually, I bought a balloon, a big smiley face balloon that I was going to tie around her waist in case we got separated so I could see where she went. But Uh um, she was amazing. You know, I brought her down there because I needed her to see that we fight with our voices. We march because people can't. We march because our ancestors needed it back then, but they had no voice. They had no voice, you know, with with their uh in their home life, they had no voice when it came to what job they would have to do. Nothing, you know what you know what I mean. And I needed her uh-huh. to see that we, that we can congregate. She is a little drop, but a huge drop in this ocean that we're living in. You know, and I don't know if you've seen a picture of me um, with the Native American hand print over my face. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. A lot of people have a misconception about that. It's not saying I don't have a voice. In Native American culture, what that means is that you've been successful in a hand-to-hand combat. And I told my daughter, this is our hand-to-hand combat, and we are being successful. We are moving forward, and he will not win. We will be triumphant. Wow. What a powerful message for (laughs) a a seven-year-old to be a part of. Wow. Um, What did she feel? I mean, what was she? Did she ever you have know, a moment of feeling like, "Oh, mom, hold on to me"? All these people, or how did she feel being in that crowd? Right. Thing is that we've always had. I mean, in my home, it's—I'm a true liberal. I don't do mm-hmm. tolerance. I do acceptance. Um, I'm, she's known that the whole time. Never judged people ever in front of her. Maybe on the inside, I might have, but never in front of her. And so she's used to me talking calmly to people with tattoos. I mean, I have tattoos or people who are different, you know, and we watch RuPaul drag race together. And she's like, well, uh-huh. they're, they're boys and they choose to live as men or they just choose to dress up as men. And she was like, oh, okay. So when we got down there, it was, it was almost the fulfillment of the things that I had taught her. And she was finally surrounded by that community that I told her existed but until she actually breathed in that liberty and the love and was, you know, just just enveloped by these, by these people, she fit right in. They didn't treat her any different than they would treat, you know, me. They loved her, respected her, and I, I, I had to stop myself from crying that whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, wow. I, I, when I was uh, when I was uh, getting ready for this show, um, I asked her, I said, Bella, what do you march for? And um, she says to me, uh, 
I march for my brother and for my daddy and um, all the people I love, and I don't want them to go to war. Mm. So that say, was profound because them, she is – go ahead. Now they say from the mouths of babes. Wait, well, she's already told me that she and her three-year-old brother are going to go to war because Trump isn't going to send his kids because they're too rich. And she's told mm. me that Trump just wants to steal oil from everybody. She watches the news with me age-appropriately, obviously. But um, all I can do is, che- is teach her right from wrong, and she can she can make those decisions. And when she sees TV and she sees that man, she knows that that's wrong. She knows that that is disrespectful, and he would never treat her mom that way because he would not get away with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Maria, hold on a minute. I want to take a while to let one person come in, a call come in, and then you and I are going to finish talking because we've got a lot to talk about. Okay, hold on just a minute. Now, <laughs> okay. this is someone... From from my neck of the woods, the three one three area code. Your last four are eight four nine four. Welcome to the show. Who are we speaking with? Hello. Oh, hello. I'm sorry. I had myself muted. This is Vanessa. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm great. And yourself? I'm doing good. So, did you march? Have you been marching? And what are you thinking? I just thought to listen in, but um, I'm here in D.C. You talking about marching in Ann Arbor or what? Well, marching anywhere in the world where you marched. Um, we The people we've had, we've talked to someone from Columbia, South Carolina, from uh, from Ann Arbor, people from the wherever you are. What is your What are you doing? about what you've seen that's happening since this inauguration. You know, I'm just being still and just listening, trying to get mm-hmm. centered myself and, you know, know that I'm all about love and keep putting love out there any way mm-hmm. I can. I stand in solidarity with everyone marching and, you know, but I'm I'm just really just being still. Well, you know, thought we need everyone in every way, and sometimes being still that that can be the 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 wind beneath our woo. Well, I want to thank you for calling. I want you to continue to listen. I'm gonna take one more call, then we're gonna go back to Maria. Thank you again. And I believe this is another Columbia person at area code eight oh three. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? Yeah, who am I? Who are we speaking with tonight? Oh, my name is Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. And are you in South Carolina also, right? I am in South Carolina, Columbia. And you, and were you at the march? I was at the march. So, what did you take away from it? The Commitment they involved. Mm. Uh, it's it's one thing to notice that we have problems. It's another thing to talk about those problems. Um, but it's a whole nother dimension to actively participate in correcting the problems. And what I took away from the, from the march was you have to be involved and have to be a change maker. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Stephanie, I hope that you will continue to listen. I want to go back to Maria, but I might come back to you. So, okay, call for calling. Okay, thank you, mm-hmm. Maria. You are a change maker. Yes, ma'am. I mean, like, like you said, you're a liberal. I mean, you you are at the airport. You are at at it, and you're like me. You're one of these people who've always been involved. People will go like, well, of course, so and so is going to be there, and so so this one's going to be, and other people you know who are going to be at home. Are you hearing from like your friends who sort of thought it was okay for you to be on the front lines, but they sort of stayed at home? Are you hearing from more of them now asking like, what do we do? What's the, what's the next step? Well, that's actually quite relevant. I was at a huddle um, two nights ago, and for people who don't know what a huddle is, it's part of the 100 Days of Action where you go to your local community group that has been assigned basically in your area, and you get together and you come up with ideas, and, um, you know, it's really, it's a great place to be if you want to, you know, continue to be an activist and activist, you know, write letters, make phone calls. You don't have to go out and protest. You don't have to go out and march. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was there. I was there with, um, they were mostly middle-aged um, Caucasian women. And mm-hmm. I was talking to them and it's, it's like, you know, these are the, these were the target. These were the target women. You know what I mean? And they, I have never seen limber people. They were kicking their own ass. Um, mm. And I felt for them. I really felt for them. And they were, all they were doing was like venting. They needed that venue that they weren't surrounded by people who were Trump supporters or who told them maybe that they were wrong or whatever, blew them off, didn't validate them. And I was so surprised about these women saying, I wish I could have done something. I've never done anything like this before. But they stepped forward. And that takes a lot of courage, especially for someone in that, you know, dynamic. And um, Mm -hmm. like I said, they were venting. They were venting. And I was telling my husband, I said, I felt like I was at a grief support, you know, meeting. Mm. And I was. We were all mourning this country that we love. It's like it, it's like our family, this country. We know and maybe sometimes take for granted our freedom. You know what I mean? And it, it was it was kind of a, a great support. We are we're mourning the fact that we have this man. I don't even want to call him a man. This piece of shit that's in the White House. <laughs> and I even said, mm-hmm. how can this man? go into this blessed home where the most respected president came out of. How can he get in his car, and why the fuck is he saluting a a soldier when he gets on an airplane? He has Uh no right to do that. That's a privilege, not a right. And anyway, so this is all stuff that was relevant in our our meeting. I digress. In our meeting. Well, you know what? One of the things that that you just said, and that, that I think is important. I have heard and seen posts like on Facebook or heard people say, well, you know, those white women, you know, and and now they're ready to talk. And it was white women who put them in. And, you know, to where we know that, yes, there were some white women who voted and put them in, but it wasn't all. And for you to be in that space with them 
and to be able to, I mean, show compassion, to listen to them, and and understand that they too were feeling that grief. I mean, that right. is something very important, you know, that needs that well, we at also that point, need to happen. Right at that point, it's not like we were individually, you know, different. It was at that point, it was a sister and brotherhood of 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 this this terror. You know what I mean? It, 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 the lights could have been off, and it wouldn't have mattered. You know what I mean? It didn't mm. matter mm-hmm. if I was sitting next to, a, you know, an older white woman. And now let me let me tell you, it was me. And my daughter, because she goes with me everywhere so she can learn. And there was one other African-American woman in there, and that was it. I'm telling you. Mm. It was like mm-hmm. uh, it was like being back in Catholic school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want to make a point about uh, when I was at DTW, um, the, uh, sorry, Detroit Metro Airport um, refugee protest, um, my daughter was with me as well. And she had a sign that said, I'm seven years old, and I can teach Mr. Trump right and wrong. Mm. And I was thinking while, while I was there, I was thinking, oh, I, know, I mean, I know a lot of, I, I live around Dearborn Heights, I know a lot of Muslims. And um, I was thinking to myself, you know, Goldeny Brown, that's what Bella likes to call us. I'm Goldeny Brown. I bet you anything, if I put on a hijab, people would never know. Because mm-hmm. they don't even look at your faces. They look at the fact that you're wearing a scarf on your head. You know what I mean? It's like people who, mm-hmm. who look at me. Yeah, I'm covered. I'm covered in tattoos, and they would never uh, guess that I could speak to them eloquently and educationally. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. all about stereotyping, which we need to get over. We cannot do this to each other anymore. This man who's in the White House is—he's putting labels on all of us, and he's blaming us. He's abusive. He's mind-fucking us. No, we heard what he said, but did, did he say that? You know what I mean? Like, we saw it on the news, but then we were like, did he really? And that's a mind-fuck, and that is not okay. He's an abusive person, manipulating and abusive. I'm sorry if I'm getting too... Well, you know, one of the things, too, that, that I found, which was, like, when, when you were in an, uh, in an arbor, afterwards walking along, and then here were these people. I mean, there were people who, like you said, who came up and talked to me. And, you know, on a, and on inside, there's one part of you that said, oh, welcome to my world. You know, being a person of color, I right, mean, you right. know, we're, like you said, we're used to being discriminated against. We're used to having all of this and not having economic right. equity not having, you know, equal rights, having all this right. stuff coming. And now, you know, here's your guy here, you know. And, and so there was that moment when you right. thought about that. But then, you know, to sort of like, okay, yes, now you're in my world, and I don't want to be, like, mean about it. Like, you know, like, yeah, welcome to my world. Right. But just to say, okay, right, well, sure. now we're all on a level playing field. You're down here with me, and how it's do we exactly. move forward? Yeah, yeah you, you're mm-hmm. right. You do want to say, how does it feel? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, a little bit about my background. I am proud of my background. I am 18% Native American. I have a translucently white father who is Irish. He is the son of a politician. My mother 
who was born in Texas, was a migrant worker. She had to repeat kindergarten because she missed so much school for working in the fields. Have you ever seen that one tree in the middle of a field? And you're like, why the fuck is there a tree in the middle of a field? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know that yeah. tree is where they they could eat and take a break? One time, under, mm-hmm. because it was so mm-hmm. hot in that sun, that tree to me represents oppression and abuse. And it, it, it just, I am proud of where I came from, both sides. If you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. I am proud of my mother and her nine brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? I am proud of where I mm-hmm. came from. Yes, she was a migrant worker, but she is a badass woman. And that's who I learned from. She's the one who told me, if you order something at a restaurant, say something, because that's not what you paid for. That's what mm-hmm. I do. And mm-hmm. they are both mm-hmm. devout. <laughs> they're both devout Catholics, my parents. And it's really interesting at Thanksgiving, but my parents are like my best friends. And my dad and I have great debates, but people put too much emotion into these debates. You have to work with your head. My, my dad always says, the one who loses their temper loses the fight. And that's exactly mm. These conser- conservative people want to push our buttons. They want to see us yell. They want to see us lose our tempers, and we have to stay strong. Because if, as soon as we do that, like those people who ended up throwing shit in D.C., I was embarrassed. I was mm-hmm. embarrassed. I was pissed. Because that's not who represents me. You know what I'm saying? I, I well, just, you know, it, it was ridiculous. But, but, you know, one of the things, you know, that you and I have talked about, you said how you get passionate about it. And, you know, and I, tell, I always tell you, know, there's nothing wrong with it. Because I think that, you know, too many of us have like, oh, you know, they have taken it like when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. But that means that, that somehow right. the going high means to be like quiet and passive and, you know, don't no, raise no, no, your no, voice, no. don't be passionate. But like you said, we need passion. We need what they used to call righteous indignation. We don't need stupidity That's like right. throwing, throwing feces and stuff. But we do need that passion right. and that righteous indignation to have that fire in our belly. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, and even even if you're not the most educated person, we still have something to teach people. We have, you know, if you here's my thing that always gets my dad mad. Like I dig Jesus. I'm agnostic, but I dig Jesus. He was a socialist. He was a liberal. He went from place uh-huh. to place helping people who needed it the most. I would hang uh-huh. out with him today. If he, if he uh-huh. was here, because you know what? He would be protesting right next to me. He would be, he would be, you know what I'm saying? Like, as long as he, he would not be sitting down. plane and come in to the country right about now. You know, because he'd probably be in a, a holding right. cell because he's from one of, you know, of the Middle East. Right. That's right. And people don't realize that. That's where Jesus came from. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He, he probably would be held up because his visa was expired. You know? And I'm sure he would forgive these people because they knew not what they were dumbassing about. But mm-hmm. we need to keep our calm. And it's so fucking hard, man. When you've got a conservative throwing bullshit in your face that you know is just wrong. And it's like, stop watching Fox News. I call it phone news. It, it's like, where mm-hmm. are you getting this information from? Is somebody putting you in some sort of tied up situation and brainwashing you so that you think, that this man has fucking wings? 
it's just it's uh-huh. so wrong. He's he's done so much from making fables. Are you fucking kidding me? And people forget about that. They forget about the um the crotch grabbing. I like to take him by the balls, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, okay, well, you, I mean, <laughs> well, you know what, and, okay, and also as a mother, when you look at him, and he's up there, and if you look at some of these appointees, as a mother, and, yeah. you know, you've got a child, and now you've got Betsy DeVos, who's over education, that has to scare the heck out of you. I mean, I'd be grabbing you know, my kids off and, and heading for the border, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Um you know what my parents always taught me? Because I was a bad kid. I'm not going to lie. I was a bad kid. I smoked a lot of weed. I missed a lot of school. Um, and I knew that once I had a child, and I was 32 when I had her, but once I had a child, it wasn't about me anymore. It, and my parents taught us. And my sister, by the way, is a, um, I don't want to say fanatical, a very uh, Christian-y, fanatical <laughs> and we always we always joke that I came out of my mom's left ovary and she came out of the right but oh man I just went off my train um oh my parents this is all we can do as parents we can set up an amazing foundation teach these children how to think not what to think and they may build their house on that foundation the way they want to the way you don't want them to, but as long as they have that strong foundation, they will be okay. Now, it sounds like in your world and in your daughter's world, I mean, just from, from who your parents were, you grew up in, in, a, in the middle of a, a very inclusive world and, and doing this. Is there something, like, I know that you know about immigration, but in, there, is there something new that has sort of hit you that, like, Wow, you know, I thought I had to worry about racism and yeah. and being, you know, is there something new that has sort of hit you that that maybe you weren't thinking about, but now you recognize that this is one of the things that you also have to stand up for? Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you what it is. Do you remember? I'm kind of old, but do you remember back in the day, the only time we would see a terrorist who was from the Middle East would be like in an old Indiana Jones movie. You know what I'm saying? And the rest were Russians or whatever. But in that, I never thought that I would live to see the day that people would be contained because of their religion. Give us your poor, your weak, not your fucking, in, 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 but, you know, it depends. You have to be this, this, this. Mm-hmm. You have to be conservative, mm-hmm. person, this, this, this. It doesn't matter who they worship. It shouldn't matter. We're branding these people. I did not ever think I would see the day that such prejudice, anger, and discrimination would come out of the best country in the world. We are more than that. And that's why I went down to DCW that day. Because Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, especially to my daughter, it doesn't matter if this is impacting us. Okay, we're not Muslim. But so what? These are our sisters and brothers of humanity. It's our responsibility to take care of the people who cannot see, to walk for the people who are crippled or cannot, I should, I should say, handicapable, who cannot walk themselves, you know. And I teach my daughter, speak, speak, baby, even if your voice shakes, speak for them, not for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? But in the end, mm-hmm. we, it really was for us because we feel fulfilled. 
we feel like that we did do something to help, even if it doesn't seem like it. it we're going to wear him down so bad. I'm going to be in Ann Arbor tomorrow at the Defend Plant Parenthood uh, uh, rally. And I used to work at that clinic. And uh, I'm excited, although I'm upset because my daughter can't come with me, and she's pretty upset too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm going to be doing my part. I cannot, I cannot sit home. Mm-hmm. Did you feel, I mean, you know, I think that when you saw these executive orders and and coming up, and it, and it is, it was like, you know, somebody do something. Then when finally the courts did it, and then today when we saw that the court upheld it and said, you know what, what you're doing is wrong, we're going to, you know, did that, how did that make you feel when you heard, when you saw that moment that was it like, you know, at last, you know? Well, what what that brings me to is the fact that when Obama first took the orders, Congress got in there and shut him down every single time. Where uh-huh. is Congress now not shutting this guy down? They're not doing shit. But they did because uh-huh. of a man of color. And they promised. You remember, they promised that they were going to uh-huh. shut him down on everything that he was going to pass. If that's not discrimination of bigotry, I don't know what is. What was the second part of your question again? <laughs> Oh, well, like today, at last, finally today, oh, yeah. the, court, the court said, you know, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Appeals Court ruled against Trump, saying that his travel bans can't be reinstated. And it's like, you know, I've been waiting, you know, because, you know, you learn that there's this separation of, of powers, and it's supposed to be this balance where it's supposed to, to stop, but it, it's sort of like, She's signing these executive orders. You're not hearing anything from Congress. It's like, okay, you know, Congress and Senate aren't right. doing anything. And to finally to have the court not only step in, but then say, hey, that you're wrong. At last, here's a separation of power. You know, do you know what his response to that was? Oh, I know he his said he's going to take that his court. He said, I'll see you in court. Yeah, and you know, and must he must have the smallest penis I've ever seen. I, I, I you, we, where are your magnifying glasses? I cannot find it. Uh-huh. I do not understand you know, why he he needs. Go ahead. In fact, one of the judges, like um, one of the judges, had been appointed, I believe, by Bush. I mean, and then he's he's calling him the so-called judiciary. It's like you know, how far out there does this man have to go before somebody right. says something? I mean, you know, I mean, at right. least, and and I'll now, know, I don't, I don't trust. This is the federal court. This person. is the federal court, right? That we're talking. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. This is you the know, federal court. Supreme that we're talking court, about, right? Yeah, his Supreme Court nominee had sort of like gave a little pushback, uh, saying like, "Well, no, he shouldn't say, you know, that that, that they were so called judges who because was stolen." You know, but that, but by that the same place token, was stolen from Obama. Uh-huh. I mean, but but we can't we can't believe. I mean, how can you really believe anybody who he puts in there? Right, right. Yeah. It's just, I mean, just like a divorce. When the vice mm-hmm. president is a deciding vote, I mean, apparently all of our schools have grizzly bears now because she's in power, and she mm-hmm. nor any of her children have ever gone to public school. What the fuck does she know about educating our children? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let her babysit my dog. You know what I'm saying? And now she's in mm-hmm. charge of the public school system or the secretary of education. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was appointed secretary of energy swore he was going to tear it down when we were in the election, you know, going through the 
the uh, what you call it, the um, the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said he was gonna shut it down, and now he's the fucking uh, the secretary of it. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I can't wait to see the polar bears tiptoe around on little chunks of fucking ice cubes while these guys still deny science. They're supposed to. I know. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, what, now that you've, you've seen it, uh, okay, so. People, I mean, I, I know that some people are thinking that pretty soon they're going to get tired and they'll quit marching. But um, no, not me. I, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't think so. But you know, I was encouraged by when the bodega owners shut them down for a day. And I mean, wouldn't that be right, great? Right. That, you know, we have different groups that who, who own businesses. If that happened other places, how do you see besides right. protesting? You know, and I know that I know some people who said like, well, they've been writing letters and making phone calls. I read somebody today who said that, well, they were feeling discouraged because they had re- about Devon right. had written letters and made phone calls, and she still got in there. But you're going to be on the front line. I know you're going to be on the front line. You're going to be writing postcards. You're going to be making phone calls. You're going to be able to be doing all of it. But what do you say to someone you know who's sort of kind of new in it and maybe? They're not seeing, because you and I know, none of this is going to happen overnight. We have to be ready for a long for sure. fight. How do you, how do you right. encourage them or to sort of under, to get there? That this is going to be a long fight. You know, you can't march right. on the 21st and expect it to be right on the 22nd. Right. Well, I'm not a good liar. I never have been. I've been sort of like, why sugarcoat a piece of shit if you're going to bite into it and it's still shit? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I had to remember that one. <laughs> I I got kind of uh, I got kind of um, down, too, when the uh, pipeline thing went through. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, and they've been standing strong for so long. And if they couldn't do it, and I see that point. Funny as I, I saw a woman at the Ann Arbor March, and she was in a wheelchair, and she had a sign that says, how long do I have to hold this fucking sign? Mm. But it means that we have, we continue through generations. And it's, you're right. It's not going to happen overnight. This is not a race. This is a marathon. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. have to continue. We cannot let them win. And it's going to be hard because we're going to have to continue to encourage. We're going to have to continue to demonstrate. We're going to have to continue. I even said, I will pound the street, go door to door with a pamphlet. Or something. This is what we're doing. If you feel the same way, call me. We can do something. You know, we mm-hmm. have to continue to spread a, a positive word. Not just that. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking mad. I'm, you know what I mean? Not that that's not valid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have to show them. Ten years old. I um, was pregnant by this douchebag. Anyway, I was 15 years old. <laughs> and I went to play mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to Planned Parenthood, and um, they were kind. They were accepting, which was somewhat of a little contrast from home, uh, you know, with the whole Catholic guilt thing. And um, I, I learned a lot about myself. They, that was when we had to go to, in front of the court. The minors had to go in front of the court. Um, and they were there. They took me there. They were there right next to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And this was when, oh, shit, I'm 40, so 25, no, is it, yeah, 25 years ago. And mm-hmm. I knew right then and there 
that I was going to be one of those people, to be one of those people that helped educate and, and help and secure and just keep everybody safe. You know, we would put cards in the bathroom saying, if you're not safe, call us. Because if their partner was in the other room, you know, who's beating them, that way they had someplace safe. I knew from the time I was 15 that this is what my passion was, and I will not stop. I won't. And if I have to drag mm-hmm. them by their hair or pull them by their toes, they are coming with me because I am not going to let this go. I'm not. I am a stubborn stubborn ethnic woman and I will not stop <laughs> because what you say to me and how you hurt me I don't forget that even if we don't talk mm-hmm. about it every day it's in the back of my mind and I'm gonna use it you know what I'm saying <laughs> hell has no uh, fury you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so you that's know, what we need I to do we need to keep you know I want to go back to your mom the things mm-hmm. she's seen you know the things mm-hmm. she's seen and I imagine, you know, like, you know, November 9th, I mean, I know she was like, what? You know, I've been through all of yeah. this, you know, and even though she knew that, that there was still a long way to go, I imagine that she looked at you and looked at your daughter and said, you know, like like Martin Luther King said, you know, he'd been to the mountaintop. He might not get there, but, you know, right. he's been there. And, and I'm sure that she was probably thinking that, and now she's like, you know, you know, Maria, we got to keep doing this. How well is your mother doing, and, and what does she, when you come home some days and you're just sort of mad, what, what, what words does she give you that keeps you going? Well, I'm 40, so she, does, she doesn't live with me, but <laughs> we mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. every day. My mother mm-hmm. is um, a very conservative Catholic. She holds, mm. um, she's completely anti-choice, which I, you know, I'm a vision, and that's mm-hmm. why we have freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I don't know, okay, I'm on radio, right? I think she's probably listening. Sorry, Ma. She <laughs> ended up telling, <laughs> she ended up telling me that she voted for Trump. Mm. And I didn't have to say anything. She said, I'm kicking my ass. You know what I'm saying? Because even if I've always said I'm not Republican because I'm not man enough, I'm not white enough, and I'm not rich enough. So I didn't understand why some of my female Hispanic cousins were like, Trump, Trump. I was like, you dumb bitches. I mean, I didn't say that to their face. I said it to my husband. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't understand. Don't you see? Can't you see? And my mom is like, I, love, she's, I admire her so much. She is my hero. She's one of two people who I know are actual Christians. You know what I mean? Not the, oh, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. and here, I'll, you know, let me take your money. My parents are actual Christians. And so when she confided in me for, for you know, for that decision that she had made, I, I'm like, Mom, you are a liberal. She's a closeted liberal. She, when she comes mm-hmm. out, I will open my arms, and I will be loving to her when she's ready. But it's, it's she always said when she was raising us, she did what she knew. Now, she was beat, obviously. I shouldn't say obviously. Mm-hmm. She was one one of ten migrant workers. and those, I mean, they had children so they could make more money. Until mm-hmm. she left my grandfather's house, when, until she left my grandfather's house, she had to take and give him her paycheck. I mean, she never had a chance to even 
see outside of that bubble that she is a strong woman. You know, she never had that. And I'm going to cry. Okay. Don't cry, Maria. She (laughs) she tells me, she I'm talking to myself. Best friend I've ever had. Um, she tells me, I am so proud of you, Miha. And she says, I learn new things from you every day. And she mm. says, I'm sorry I wasn't the mother that I could have been, but I didn't know how. If you, aren't, mm. if you don't have the tools, how the hell can you do the job? You know what I'm saying? And she uh-huh. is my... She is my hero because she can actually admit to that. A lot of people don't, you know. A lot of people, oh, well, get over it. You know what I mean? Or the kids would be like, uh-huh. oh, my parents did this to me. Get the fuck out of here. You're lazy. Get up. You know what I mean? But I get that from my mother. And I remember her, you know, saying, get, the, get up. Okay, if you're not tired, get up and clean, my sister and I. And then, like, it doesn't, it didn't make sense then. But now, look what she had to go through. Uh-huh. You know? She, do, you, do you know what her job was in the field in kindergarten? So picture a four- or five-year-old. At that age, her job was to to trail behind the truck, you know, the, uh, the whatever that is, that picks tomatoes. And mm-hmm. she and her siblings had to go and pull up the tomatoes that were missed. At four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? So mm-hmm. she is a constant source of uh, just, I, I can't even explain it. She is liberal. She, she's almost like a libertarian, but she doesn't want, I mean, she's obviously, you know, very, very Catholic, and I support that. Um, but I feel like she's still learning. We Until my last breath, I will be learning. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I learned so much from my mother all the time. And we don't even agree on certain views. But she mm-hmm. is supportive. You know what? She wrote me a letter. My siblings and I, she wrote us a letter so much. And I'm not really a crier. I'm more of a, oh, that sucks kind of person. But um, I started crying like the first page. And it, it was basically a love letter to her children. And I, I called her immediately. Apparently, my other siblings hadn't, you know, they still haven't called her about it, but, you know, they just don't. And um, that's their choice. But I called her and I said, Mom, I am so proud of you for writing that letter, and that is hard to do. But I am so proud of you. And we tell each other, we're proud of each other. You know what I mean? Because as Uh you grow older, you're like, why did my mom do that shit? And then you grow up and you have kids, and you're like, oh, that's why she beat me. That's why (laughs) she did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, but you know what? That, your story, what you just told, and your family, that's America. That's America where we can be a family. We can come from different places, you know, disagree. But we love, right. protect, and encourage one another. And, you know. That's right. Like how you you were talking about, you know, how, how being there and seeing it. And, this, and it is. It's like our American family, this is not us. I mean, like what we saw in the marches, what we saw at the airport, what we see across the country, people coming out, you know, that's, that's the American family that, that, you know, you thought. I mean, like and even right. when people come here and immigrate here, even 
when your when her parents came and they were doing that hard work, but the idea was to have that better life. That was about that. That, right. that sooner that 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 not only them but their next generation and the next generation would have these make right. it better for them, and right. that seems to be to me like the thing that that's pulling everybody together because I know I was standing like in Ann Arbor talking to some people who normally I know that this gentleman, his daughter and his grandchildren probably if they saw me walking down the street prior to that would have crossed the street. You know, they wouldn't have engaged mm-hmm. in conversation. But it was that, that thing that had, that hit all of them. That hit right. all of them. That he the, saw that that really you know, said this is we not have a common goal. Mhm. This is not what we what we want for our children, and that's really, you know, each generation is building America for the next one, so that we can get to that point of being that more perfect union. And it sort of seems like that's maybe right. we took a couple of steps back. So, um, you know what? So, but our our children. Our children, when I look at my seven-year-old, okay, she inspires me constantly. She, When she was born, she had developmental delays, and um, she didn't say anything until she was two years old, and I always was joking because she couldn't jump with two feet that she looked like a reindeer trying to take off. Anyway, <laughs> I, have been teach- I have been teaching her since day one that there is no normal. You know what I'm saying? There is not one normal fucking cleaver, you know, that goes every uh-huh, uh-huh. There is no normal. You know what I'm saying? It, you cannot judge. You cannot label. You cannot, it, it, it's not right. And for the longest time, she would say, Mom, that girl over there in the pink skirt, even if she was African-American. And so, but now she's in school. She's in first grade, and she's learning from these other people. And I'm like, oh, come on, foundation. Come on, foundation. <laughs> but hmm. she... Is amazing. She was sitting at the bar. Well, it's not a bar. We weren't at a, at a bar. Although I would, probably would take her to the bar. Anyway, we were sitting in the living room, my husband and I, and she was sitting up at the, you know, counter. And she uh-huh. was watching something something on TV talking about um, same-sex marriage and how, uh, you know, there were people who are still fighting it. And she turned to my husband and I, and we were both, like, in our phones or whatever. And she says, well, I'm gay. And my husband and I didn't look up, although inside we were like, what the fuck did she just say? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, um, okay, well, why do you feel that way? I said, because boys are so gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was just mm-hmm. like, but you know what's great about that story? She felt comfortable in the fact that she knows that we would love her no matter, no matter what. And she doesn't see the difference between gay or straight, who you marry. She thinks it's all equal. And that is uh-huh. who I'm raising. That is my legacy. That's my legacy. And uh-huh. she, I'm teaching her everything I wish I knew. You know what I'm saying? But mom didn't have the tools. I didn't fucking have the tools. I, never, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing when it comes to raising children. But I know what's fundamentally right and wrong. And we need to, love is where it looks. It comes down to love. Now, I'm not talking about being pissed off, because that's one thing. I will always love mm-hmm. my sister. She's completely different than me. But we don't always have to like each other, but we will absolutely mm-hmm. love each other. And if anybody said anything about that bitch, they would have to come to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's family. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Laura, I often tell people what they don't get. My mother would often say, she said, she would say, I always love you. Sometimes I don't like you. And when she didn't like right. us, it wasn't, it was because we weren't being our authentic selves. We weren't doing our best. We weren't trying to achieve. Right. She would love me if I got a D on a test and she knew I had given it my best. Uh, That's and, right. You know, I mean, it, it, it's about that. And I think that. That's really, I mean, you've really sort of summed it up. And I think that moving forward that we have to remember the love that, you know, we don't have to like where someone's coming from, but we have to love everyone's humanity and be willing to stand for and fight for that. So, Maria, we're coming towards the end of our time. You do some amazing, I know, know, you, you do some amazing essays. And videos, there's one, um, you know, about why you watch, and, and there's that, that video of your daughter. I mean, you do some amazing videos, amazing essays. You blog. If someone wants to read more about what you do, you know, connect mm-hmm. with you as a sister in revolution, how do they do that? Well, um, I actually, my blog, uh, it's called Blah Blah Black Sheep. I thought it funny. I'm on WordPress. Blah, blah, black sheep. And my, like B-L-A-H? Uh, yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 black sheep. Oh, okay. Sheep. So it's B-L-A-H. You know, I'm the black sheep. Okay. All right. That's right. Three blahs. And the URL is a WordPress URL, and it's ad liberal. You know what I mean? So if they type in mm-hmm. ad liberal at WordPress, they would see where their local protest meetings and marches and groups or whatever demonstrations are. And that mm-hmm. is um, on Facebook and Twitter. That's called, um, oh, my God, I forgot my own thing. It's <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should have I wrote, wrote it down before I get on the phone and sound like an idiot. Hang on one second. Oh, that's called okay. uh, Southeast Michigan Protest Alert. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. Southeast Michigan protest alert. And it's not just for Southeast Michigan. I've got Lansing stuff on there, too, because I really think it's important to go to the capital, you know, mm-hmm. of Michigan. And um, it's it doesn't have to be about getting out there. You, you call me or text me, I mean, or inbox me. I will talk to you. Mm-hmm. If you have doubt, if you have questions, I hear you my truth. And then you can come mm-hmm. up with your truth on your own. I will, I'm here for people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm an out, I used to be an outreach uh, education, educator for Planned Parenthood. I was mm-hmm. a little bit uh, different. But uh, I am open to people. I am here to help people. And I'm not going to shove my ways down your throat because I want to hear what you have to say. So they can go there and, um, you know, inbox me. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter or them on Twitter at uh, MI Protest Alert. And actually, I tweet from my own person who I generally keep kind of private, you know, on lockdown. But um, uh-huh. you can go to Twitter and find my personal Twitter, which is kind of funny. It's uh, it's called uh, at Teeny. Here's my name, <laughs> Christine. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's also called the 40-year-old mommy. But um, uh-huh. I go off on there, too. And I would love to hear from anybody, anybody. You know, I don't judge. You should know that by now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what I'm going to ask is, right. like, if you would put those on my collections by Michelle, by my Facebook page, like, those, those two, um, your blog site and stuff so that people can do that. And I'm working on my webpage, yeah, and I will sure. have links to it there. But put it on my Facebook page. Maria, I want to okay. thank you for taking the time tonight. You were everything I knew you would be, and I thank you for that. <laughs> I know um, we are sisters in protest. You will be, you know, you contact right. me, I contact you. And I know that we'll be at things together and writing postcards and doing whatever. Um, give Bella whatever. a big hug for me. Okay. Well, you know I admire you, Miss Ma'am, and I know that I I put you on a little bit of a pedestal for my daughter and for myself, and I uh, aspire to be some some sort of sort of piece of what you are as a woman. Appreciate oh. every second of this. Well, thank you so much, Maria. And so I'm going to close the show now. I want to thank you, and um, <laughs> I want to thank Maria. And um, I want to thank our listeners. You know, this has been like our first live show. I'm going to do them periodically. I'll probably, you'll probably have Maria back on because, you know, she's someone I think that she inspires you from by her passion. And, and, it keeps and I, going. Hope, I hope I didn't offend anybody. <laughs> oh, well, you know, we all have our big That's girl pants name. on. Uh, our collections by That's Michelle that. Brown. So our big girl and our big boy pants. I don't so we're going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> well, I really thank you, and I really thank the listeners. Michelle is an amazing woman. Please tune in every time she does this, and you can go to her her uh, Facebook page. She's just an amazing woman, and she will inspire you consistently. I promise. Oh, so, thank you, thank you. you. Oh, yeah. so I'll you know, tonight. You, show, okay, sweetie. We tonight's show was to talk about the work that we're doing and and how we can stand together to build that world for our children. We it's about the things that we need to push back on and stand up for. You know, some people say he's been elected president, just get over it. Anyone who's elected president, there's no getting around that, but what we have to do is stand up for the things that we believe in. That we have to push back to our representatives, our senators, our judges, to make them do the job that they're supposed to do, to make this system with separation of powers and checks and balances. We need to make that work so that we can build that nation, that country, where health care is the right of every man, woman, and child, where Mm -hmm. scientific advances aren't driven by profit, as they like to raise up all of, of humanity, where we protect women mm-hmm. and their Amen. rights. You don't have to agree with it, but we have to support them and do it. Where we have the right kind of employment. Everybody doesn't need the kind of job that they're just going to be a cause, but jobs that are provide for our families, but also feed our spirit and our soul and build our communities and and where we can respect our families and respect the fact that love is love. 
you know, we've looked back at, at when you look back at the protests from the civil rights movement, you know, and I can remember marchers and sometimes speakers, they would say or sing something from a song, and that has been playing through my mind as we look at what we have to go into going forward because, you know, it's like we've talked about. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This won't be – we won't protest this week and have it next week. And that the song, they said, it went like this. It said, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. And I believe, I truly believe that we came too far to stop now. Again, I want to thank you for listening to the collections by Michelle Brown. Join us next week on February 16th when our guest is going to be the journalist, HIV advocate, motivational speaker, Lowane Childry, The Layers, a story of trauma, grace, and triumph. It's an interview you don't want to miss, another inspiring story. But until then, stay strong, continue to fight for the kind of world and community that we want, and let us all march on till victory is won. This is Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening to Collection by Michelle Brown. Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services.